Welcome, welcome, welcome to another My Life on Wax with your host, Mr. Ted, right here on Forward Radio. Once again, y'all, we have another Louisville legend in the building. We've got Mr. T made in the building. What's up, in man? In the building. What's up, Ted? Louisville legend, huh? I, I yeah, get Louisville. that. Okay, hey, I get that. If you come on this show, I get that accolade. Okay. If you come on this show, you're a Louisville <laughs> legend. This okay. is kind of how it works, man. I heard you. It's, okay. a, uh, it, it's not only a title, it's a challenge. Wow. Right. Love right. that. Love that. Love that. So, so just like just like every other uh, legend we have come on the show, uh, T made went ahead and gave me five songs. Five songs yes, that kind of inspire him. That. Uh, that, that talk about his life. Now, T. May, before we get into your songs, man, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, just and for folks that don't know. Okay. But for three people that don't don't know who you are. Okay, I am T. Made Antonio T. Made Taylor. Uh, that is me. Uh, I am a proud, proud Louisvilleian. Um, I was originally born in Paducah, Kentucky, but uh, I've been here since '89, uh, so I consider Louisville to be my home. Um, I am the creator and the uh, host of the Turn Up Show with Teammate and Friends, which can be heard on 104.7 FM uh, here in Louisville. Praise 104.7 here in Louisville. And we are also in three other markets, Tyler, Texas, Indianapolis, Indiana, and St. Louis. And uh, we are a positive hip-hop brand. That's man. what we do. That is our brand. That's right. So what we are trying to do, honestly, man, just to keep it all the way real, we are trying to change uh, the radio industry. Because when you listen to the radio now, it's basically um, uh, when it comes to hip-hop, our music that we created, Ted. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's so commercialized now. Right, right. And it's so destructive to our community as a people. And it's so not what hip-hop was created to be if you listen to right. forefathers like Africa Bambada and Karras One and um, DJ Cool Hork and the ones who laid the foundation. Right, because hip-hop was created to, make, to give a message. Yeah, it was it was created for two reasons. To uplift the people, because it came out of the civil rights era. Uh-huh. Remember that. Hip-hop came out of the civil rights era. So it is to uplift the people, and it's there as a tool that we can have fun and celebrate ourselves and our culture. So when you listen to the music today, it does not reflect that. Doesn't do it. Doesn't either of those things. Either of those things. It's very misogynistic. It's very violent in content. It's very hypersexual. It's very demeaning towards us as the people Mm -hmm. and the way that we look at ourselves in the mirror when it comes to hip hop nowadays. We, we are basically just our own worst enemies. Yeah. It's, it's a reflection of the people that we don't want to be seen as. You right. know what I'm saying? But that's the popular culture. That's what they have our children listening to. That's why they call it radio programming because they're subconsciously sending us signals on how we should feel about ourselves. And, it, and, it's, it, and it's raising, it's raising a, a, I don't want to say a bad generation, but it's, it's raising a generation of youth who do not know their worth, their value, and who they are. Yeah. It's telling them who they need to become is what right. this hip hop music is doing. So 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 you are on a crusade, really. I'm on a crusade, yes. To, to, yeah. to change to change that dynamic. Yeah, definitely. And to, yeah. And to switch that narrative. Yeah, around. definitely. I and, and actually I am uh in the process of actually writing a, a bill that will uh have more stiffer FCC guidelines on the type of content that can be heard on the radio, especially when it comes to urban radio. Because if you listen to pop radio, those messages and those images are just not as profound as they are on urban radio formats. Now, you'll still find those those messages, but they will not be as profound 
as they are on Urban Radio, and I know it's by design. So uh, we have to take our media back. Yeah. And you know we got to take and, and and the one thing that I'm starting with is my crusade is music. Right. So uh, somebody else's crusade may be cleaning up another area of entertainment because one thing that I do know is that when it comes to our youth, music influences our youth more than any platform on earth. Because remember, like Harris once said, hip hop and what makes hip hop different than any other genre on earth is that hip hop is something that you live. Rap is something you do, right? But hip-hop, we live hip hop. We live our culture, right? You know, it's a lifestyle. So, so looking at, so looking at T May, and you, as you can see, this brother is extremely passionate about hip hop and about music, definitely, and, uh, and, and 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 really knows his stuff. You know, you talk, you talk about some of the early, the early uh, music or whatever, the right. early hip hop, yeah. And uh, we're gonna jump to your playlist, yeah, definitely, because because okay, okay. one of those first, one of those first. Uh, Big groups, right? They got a lot of attention, right? Was Run DMC, right? And the first song you have on your playlist here is Hard Time. Oh, I thought my first one was Temptations, my oh, girl. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay we, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We get to that, okay, okay. I see you had Hard Time, right. so we'll, so yeah, we'll, okay. we'll check that out in, okay. a, in a second, okay? Um, but go, but going back, yeah, so on, so on your playlist, we've got Temptations, right? Got my girl, yes. Yes. Now what? Now I'm just wondering, <laughs> like, what brought this particular song to your playlist? Um, what brought this particular song to my playlist? Yeah. My girl and the Temptations. That's how I fell in love with music. Mm. So when I heard that song as a child, uh, when my mom uh, used to play this song, my mom is deceased now. Shout yeah. out to my mama though in heaven. Uh, when she played this song, this was the first song. That I remember when I was a child to where I fell in love with music. Mm-hmm. Like, this song really uh, touched me in a way that nothing else had touched me. No cartoon, no toy, no anything. And um, I'm a musical person. I, I sing, you know, I'm a singer. Uh-huh. I can sing, I, I can throw some notes around. Uh, yeah, I heard, heard you, you had a little group. Yeah, yeah, I had a group back in the day. Uh, we were signed to Solo Soul Records. Uh, rest in peace, Heavy D. Uh, so uh, I am music Music is a very, very, very important part of my life Maybe the most important thing uh, in my life Essentially it's what I am And so My Girl was the first song that I heard That really inspired me to where I heard that song And I was like, wow, there is something different about What I'm hearing and what I'm experiencing That's real cool. And I still, when I hear that song today uh-huh. I still feel the same way as if I heard it the first time like that song never gets old. It never gets old. So it's just, yeah, you feel it, you feel that? Do you yeah. feel that? That bass line. Then that guitar comes in. It just how could you how could you feel sad on that song? How could you feel like you're not the best thing on earth that God created? How could you not have uh just so much uh, so much love for yourself, which uh Muhammad Ali uh exemplified, you know what I'm saying? Uh, as we're celebrating his death, I mean, you listen to this song and you just feel great about life. You feel great about women. You right. feel great about just that these are black people. You know what I'm saying? And this song is timeless. It's forever. It will never go Tim, anywhere. Tim yeah. song, black men yeah. singing about love with right. black women. Yeah. Let's let let's let it ride for a minute. Yeah. It's my girl by the Temptations. Sweeter song than the birds in the trees. 
Yeah, I, do you feel that? I feel it. Yeah, I feel it. So yeah, so so this this is inspired a lot by the music that your mom played a lot. Yeah, definitely the Motown, the whole Motown era was just um, an era where black people really found um, their identity, and they it was the, really the first time that white America mm-hmm. were really accepting black people as being humans. To be honest, yeah, you think so? I definitely think so. Okay. I think music played a big part of uh, white America. Finally, coming to the realization that you know we uh, we are we are the same. We are human. I think sports and uh, music played an essential role in that, for okay. sure. All right. Um, and I think the Motown era had a lot to do with that because uh, a lot of, of white America, um, you know, Motown was mainstream. Like Motown was pop music yeah. back in that day. That yeah. was their pop music. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, it was still it's a lot of segregation on this. But but it, if if you look at uh, the, the the Temptation movie and you look read a lot of those um, those books from back in the day, it was segregated. 
But as the years begin to unfold, like, you know, that era started like the 65, and when we go into the 70s, a lot of those concerts and a lot of that started desegregating mm-hmm. because the music was unifying people. And then you had the Vietnam War going on. Marvin Gaye had the whole soundtrack for that time period, which was what's going on. That was resonating not with not only in the black community, mm-hmm. but also in white America. It was resonating with them. So we began to the whole hippie movement, you know, came out of that. Came out of that. So uh, it was the soundtrack to America, not just black America, but to America. So uh, it de- in all intended purposes, that Motown era actually desegregated the country and unified us as a people. So, so for you specifically, yeah, for you personally. What effect did it have? I mean, I don't know if you were even. I wasn't even born no, yet. Like, like, yeah, I wasn't even. Yeah. Like what, do you, what, what kind of effect do you think it had, like on your, on your parents or your your young your younger years as you came a little bit later? Um. And or this, or just or just think about this kind of music, right? And and how it kind of set the tone, the, music, the tone for the kind of music that you kind of like. It, it let me know what real music was. Mm-hmm. You know, this this song exemplifies to me what real music is. It's, it's melodies. It's it's but beyond anything, it's a feeling. Like mm-hmm. when I hear this song, I just get an emotional feeling that lets me know that there is love, there is compassion, that it, it's just a feeling. It's almost hard to explain, but you get a feeling of pride about yourself. You get a feeling of that um, you love everybody, you love everything. It's just a, it's an emotional roller coaster that this song sends you on. It's an emotional high. Yeah, so I carry yeah. this throughout my life. Where anytime I'm feeling bad. Anytime I'm feeling a certain kind of way, I can put on this song and I can depend on this song to lift my spirits up. And that's what music should do. Right. Yeah, that's what music should do. So yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. One thing that I, I talk about on this show all the time is that music uh, takes you to a place. Yes. Like It, it, it takes you to different checkpoints you within, you. within you your it. life. Yes. And and the, the thing that you said about about this being um, the segregation and... But it was really a revolutionary time. What? Um, yes. I, I was talking to our, our last guest, right? And that period was a revolutionary period. Yes. Because you got to remember, this was also Muhammad Ali's time. Yes. Right. Yes. So this was also Jim Brown's time. Yes. This is a time where artists and entertainers were were really feeling were leading their, the charge, feeling their power on social issues. And and, and what made and the, the thing that kind of made those uh, segregated. Concerts change. Yeah, is that the artist said I'm not performing? They not perform. And like, so, like Ray Charles refused to perform in Georgia. He refused. And he joined George the movement. On my, George on my yeah. mind, but won't perform. Yeah, yet. but wouldn't perform it in Georgia. He wouldn't. Yeah. So, so do you think uh, during that time with when artists kind of all were on on a similar page, on the same page? Do you think we're we're, we're going to a, another stage a- of that? Absolutely, absolutely not yet. I would say absolutely not yet because okay. um, the industry as a whole, and when I'm talking about the industry, I'm talking about the music industry and those people who are working in it. Uh, if you look at the Billboard 200, uh, you know, the top rap artists uh, are not on board with being comfortable saying that we want equal rights for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. i give you an example. Um, uh, during the Mike Brown area, uh, shout out, shout out to Mike Brown Senior, who's actually in, yeah, town in town this weekend. When Mike Brown was was shot and killed like an animal in the street, um, most of the big rap artists that were on the charts at that time, they refused to talk about it. Mm-hmm. They refused to get behind the movement. They refused to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wiz Khalifa said, "It's not my business to be concerned." Imagine Muhammad Ali feeling that way. Imagine Marvin Gaye feeling that way back back during our time. Mm-hmm. Young Thug said. 
It ain't my business You know what I'm saying So our generation of artists And the artists that our young people gravita- Gravitate towards the most They are not in a, in a space To where they feel like it's their concern mm-hmm. Because in my opinion They are paid slaves You know Slavery's still going on It's just that they're getting a paycheck now right, right. So they are paid slaves That will refuse to stand up for people On any type of social platform so we're not we're not at that point yet. We are getting there. Okay. We are getting there uh, because Beyonce, one of the biggest stars in the world, if not the biggest, right. made a big statement with uh, her Super Bowl performance yeah, halftime. Right. Yeah, and she she kind of started the charge. So the seed is being planted. She planted the seed. So she's our I would say she's our modern day uh, Marvin Gaye. Because once Marvin Gaye did what was going on. That kind of spread it to everybody he was else. Already a popular artist, exactly. He was most popular. So artist. she has planted the seed, and all we have to do is just kind of continue to cultivate that seed and, and, and allow it to grow. So, so, that, uh, so I, I love that. I love yeah. that, and I, and I think I think you're 100 percent right. Yeah. On that, that not yet, not yet, not just yet, not just yet. But maybe we getting there though. So on the horizon, we getting there. And I, and one thing I, I dig about uh, those artists. Is that they're all they were all unapologetically black. Right. And um Yes. And that's that's the key. Yes. Right? That's yeah. the key. So um so getting into get getting into our next song. Though, right, right, okay. There's another uh, unapologetically black. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, some, sir. some some folks that, that was about their skin. <laughs> right, right. And about their people. Right. Uh Run DMC. Run DMC, the legends. The legend. Legendary. So you got so we got hard times. Yeah. In our playlist, right? What what brought them to what brought them in this particular song to the playlist for you? Um, Hard Times um, was the first rap song I ever heard in my life. Wow! It was the first rap song I ever heard in my life, and we know that uh, hip hop started way before Hard Times, ten years before Hard Times. But uh, like, I try to school a lot of people on this. A lot of people don't understand that uh, if you are. 30 to uh, if you are 30 to 45 years of age okay so that's the last half of generation x okay mm-hmm. uh, that means well that's not the last half the last half of generation x is after us uh, but we are kind of like in the middle of generation x uh, the beginning of generation x we are the first generation that grew up entirely on hip hop right. so we've seen the evolution of hip hop from when it was uh, it's grown up with us. It's grown up with us. Now, we were not the first generation. We are not first generation hip hop, though. We are not. We are second generation hip hop. So, first generation hip hop would be the true school, which would be like uh, the Treacherous the- uh, Treacherous Three, uh, would be Melly Mel, The Furious Five, would be like, uh, Cool Herc, Bambada. Africa Bambada, Sugar Hill Gang. That okay. is first generation hip hop. So when we start getting later on to second generation hip hop, the golden era, which is Run DMC, LL Cool J, MC Light, Queen Latifah, Tribe Called Quest, that's a different generation. So I know I'm going off track, no, no, but um, I just remember one day uh, I, I lived in Joliet, Illinois, Ted. Uh, when I when, when I was a kid, I've, yeah, I've lived in a lot of different places. My my mom moved around a lot, uh, so I remember just uh, as a young child. I think I was about five or six years old. Uh, I was sitting on top of the counter listening to the radio, and all of a sudden, I heard this song coming on. And I was like, what is this? The beat was banging. I was like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan at this time. Keep, keep in mind, this, this is the height of Thrill, okay? Right, so right, we're in right. a Thriller, and I got, I got the beater jacket on. I got the gloves, so I'm 
But this, I heard, I'm like, hold on, they not even singing. What is this? I've never heard it before. So, and then what they were talking about, even though I was young, mm-hmm. I still kind of understood what they were saying because when I was living in Joliet, Illinois, me and my family, we were in poverty. Right. You know, I, I didn't I didn't come from a family that had a lot of wealth. I lived in the projects in Joliet, Illinois. Wow. I was in poverty. So, you know, being young and at five years old, I honestly knew what they were talking about when they were saying hard times. Because mm. I would hear my mom say it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember my mom saying hard times. You know, you can't you can't eat the whole bowl of beans. You know what I'm saying? The whole pot of beans. You got to save some save for, for tomorrow. tomorrow you can't eat day. all, you know, in the middle of the day, you can't eat cereal like that. You know, you got to save some. So, I mean, this song just resonated with me. And it was the first hip-hop song I ever heard in my uh, life. So, that is my... Um, that's my attachment to the song. That's why it's so wow. important to me because this is the first hip hop song I ever heard in my life. Five years old in Joliet. Five years old, Joliet, <laughs> Illinois. Little kid with your Michael Jackson jacket. In. With my mic, and I took that. <laughs> I took that in off. <laughs> Not to say I didn't love Michael no more, but, but I found something, man. I found something. I found a. I found another planet, man. I mm. found. Man, I found another room in the house. I'm like, what right. is this? And from that moment on, um, I was kind of like on a mission to find More. what else is out there like this. You know what I'm saying? So if this was the first one you, the first one you heard, what was the next, like the next evolution of the, uh, the next? Like hip-hop? the other artists that I started hearing, Houdini. Houdini was the yeah. next artist that I, that I heard, and I started. And you know what? What I what I noticed about hip hop back then too, like in the early '80s, like it was all they talked about something. Like it was mm-hmm. very very social. Yeah. But also, it still had that party element too. Now, it you was, know, it yeah. was still social. Yeah, party element, and you could tell it was still um, mu- musical. Yeah, it was it's musical. Still connected to, yeah. to some real music. Yeah. Yeah. And and another thing that I realized every group was different. Every time you heard a song, it was brand new. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time you heard a song, it was brand new. Now I didn't I didn't actually buy my first hip hop album, I, I did I, I didn't actually buy my first I actually stole oh, my first oh, <laughs> I actually stole my first hip hop Joliet, Joliet, Joliet Illinois. <laughs> Hey, PD. I went. In, I went into that Kmart. PD, I got him. Yeah, they got me. I, went I got him. Listen, I went into that Kmart. I saw uh, that, and uh, you know what? I didn't even know who this artist was, Ted. I was this. This how much I was on hip hop. How much I loved it. So I go into the Kmart, right? And I already got my mind. I'm gonna steal me some some hip hop. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna steal me something. So I go in. Man. My dad's with me. I'm like, I can't get caught by dad. So I just start looking through the albums, Ted. I'm like, I'm just trying to. Pick something, you know. So I come across this record that says LL Cool J, um, Rock the Bells. And I'm like, damn, this sounds like hip hop. Then I turn it over, it says LL Cool J, El Shabazz. I said, damn, this gotta be hip hop. It's gotta wow. be hip hop. So I take it, and I'm about, how old am I? At this time, I'm about probably eight or nine. I take the the, the 45, it was a 45, Ted, put it so, in my. Okay, so tuck it, 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 wasn't a, it wasn't a big one. It was a, no, it was the 45, okay. it was the single. I tuck it in, take it home in my room, put it on the record player, rock the bells, LL Cool J. So you tell me your, your, your dad didn't know. He didn't know. Now I got away with it. He didn't know. Now once they went my room and they found the LL Cool J record, they played it and it was like, rock the bells was cool, but when they turned it over to the other side, mm. which was El Shabazz, 
it had explicit content on yeah. it. But we're gonna rock it like three. They were like, "What are you listening to?" So man, yeah. they they went through my whole collection and man threw all those forty fives away, threw all of them away. Wow. Well, I thought they threw them away. What they did was they just hit them from me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. okay. Yeah, because a lot of those forty fives I still have. Wow. Yeah, I still have a lot of those still have 45s. A lot of, of hip hop forty five. Yeah, I sure do. Yeah, I sure I got Houdini's uh funky beat. I got Houdini's friends. Uh I got the Fat Boys uh forty five. I got um uh I'll be sure's old one. I got a couple forty fives wow. at the crib. Yeah, that are like anti I'm just waiting to see when I'm gonna put them on eBay and sell them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah but I got some classics though, yes. Yeah, that, that I stole. Up. I stole all of them. This man proud. <laughs> <laughs> Jolie and PD, right? Jolie and PD, they we got been, me. Yeah, we've been they on this investigation me. all these years. Yeah, I finally got them. Come on, in. they got me, bro. <laughs> they got me, man. But I was just looking for anything that I could get my hands on, Ted. So, so yeah. you were just hungry. I was hungry, you were hungry for it. Uh, hunger, in man. The I was hungry for mm-hmm. it, man. They had me like hip hop was like. It became my life at that point. At that point, um, I actually started writing hip hop. You know what oh, I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, that's when I started because you know I went through my phase where I was a rapper. I did. You know, I think every young black man does that though. At some point. Yeah, at some point, until you point. till you find until something you, else, and you realize, you realize uh, this ain't me. Or, you yeah, know, it's, it's, yeah, it was cool for, yeah. that, for that moment. Yeah, but, yeah, but just like every black man picks up a basketball and tries to see, what, but let me see where my skill level is at. You know what I'm saying? So, so I want I want to I want to work. At that time, when you had these these hip hop artists right. begin to kind of blow up, right, it did it did kind of change that goal. Yeah, like, one of the goals that people had because right. basketball, sports had all. That's all we time. had back yeah before singing hip-hop. had yeah. been it. Yeah, but then hip hop came and, and and it became something that people could do easily. Yeah, like it, it's it's something everybody can try to do. Everybody, like, can even try if to you do. can't sing, you can at least put some words together. Right, right. And so it's it's probably one of the most accessible um, types of music for poor poor black kids. Yeah, anyway. right. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. So so you think that had a lot to do with with the reasons or the ways it caught on so so heavy? I do, man. I think I think hip hop was a. Um, uh, was something that, like you said, everybody could do and everybody could relate to. But uh, the main thing that I think the reason why hip hop blew up uh, the way it did and it went um, not mainstream, not commercial, but worldwide and affect the world is because hip hop is something that everybody can relate to because it is not music; it is a lifestyle. It is a culture. Is is it? It's a, it's bigger than just it's bigger than yeah. so that means if if I'm a kid in New York right I got my own style of how I, I rhyme it's different if you go to Cali when you know when the movement of rap moved out to Cali yeah. it was totally different than East Coast when you went over to London their movement of hip hop is totally different you know when you go out to the Bay Area which is still in Cali but the but Bay Area is is so different, different than Southern California you know well Bay Area is Southern California but it's so different than than what Long Beach rap is you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying so um it is just like hip hop can adapt to any region any mm-hmm. country any you know it's just a tool that everybody can use and make their own yeah. that's 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 what I think I, that's why I think hip hop has taken over the world yeah I think and I I think that piece you just said they can make it your own. You can make it your own. That's I think that's part of the right because it's, it's ownership. It's ownership. And, and people want to want to own and or belong right to something. Yes. And so I could even say I'm from St. Louis. Yeah. There's a sound. There's a St. Louis sound. You know, there's yeah. A sound. There's a and Louisville sound. There's a Louisville. There so, is a Louisville sound. Yeah. So 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 that idea 
of it, of it being a large culture, but then within the large culture, having right. these different subsets yes. of culture that are still powerful in their own right. right. Yes, it's part of that. Right, that fire that was yeah. able to spread. Right, right, yes. Right. So, so, yes. so man, man, you know, I'm telling you, we're here on uh, on my life on Wax on Fall Radio with my man T May, yeah, and this guy is. Teaching today, boy. Oh, am teaching. I? Okay, okay. He is teaching, boy. Wow, teaching okay. and preaching. Right, right. And we are we are talking about we're in, all in his playlist. Right. And uh, we we've already heard um, a little bit of uh, my girl with temptation. We already heard. Uh, we're listening to Run DMC Hard Times. And we're about Hard to get times. into this next song. It is a classic. Yes. You know this group, man, is probably one of the. This is the. I'm gonna say it. They're the best group, right? <laughs> They're the best group, possibly, out, like ever. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say it. And I'm a boys' music yeah. fan. Yeah. But they, but new edition. They're the Beatles of our generation. They are the best group. Yeah, ever, man. Yeah, definitely. And 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 you picked a flagship song, right? A song that everybody loves, right? And that's we'll listen to that real quick. Is if it isn't love by new, new edition, Ronnie, right, Bobby, up. Johnny, Ricky, Mike, go Ralph, ahead. and Johnny. Go ahead and get your folks together. Woo, go ahead, and go, go, go ahead and get up and uh, get next to those microphones. Yeah. Get your dance on. And and guess what? We can go into another era of music, which we'll oh. break that down a little bit later, Ted. Yo, you know what yeah, I'm saying? I know, I know, I know. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can go into another ahead, era of music. You know, after hip hop too came out of hip hop. If it isn't love, new edition.
All right, all right. Me and uh, teammates just came back from doing Ooh, our man. Doing, doing our little routine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm tired too, boy. I'm out of breath. <laughs> Man, man, I still oh, still man. got the moves. Still, still got see them. the routines, man. Still, man, and they still doing it like this yeah, too. Still doing New edition, still on the uh, still road, touring it. hard, killing it today. Yeah, today, today, thirty years later, man. So, wow. so we were just talking off of air a little bit about New Jack Swing, right? And how and and its importance to to hip hop in general, but yeah. music. Uh, and but hip hop specifically with music in general. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about what you were, about what you were saying. Um, basically, what I was saying is that um, the, the whole new Jack Swing era. Uh, shout out to Teddy Riley. Shout out to Andre Harrell, who uh, spearheaded that movement. Uh, the thing, it, it's just the new Jack Swing era is just so underappreciated and just so overlooked, and I don't know why, because it is the biggest reason why hip hop was able to cross over go mainstream and worldwide in the uh-huh. way that it did as quickly as it did because right. like you were saying what it did was it put the sugar on the hard edge of hip hop because you yes. know when hip hop came out it had that hard edge to it so when you come around to the new jack swing era what Teddy Riley did is he just sprinkled a little sugar on top of it mm-hmm. he sprinkled a little singing on top of it but it's still the same backdrop though mm-hmm. you know it's just a different canvas that yeah. we own yeah, I think I, I I think that might be why it doesn't get yeah. this kind of respect, right? Because I think some people may think that it, it's soft. It, I hear that a lot. It's it was soft. soft. Yeah, oh, it was. Well, you, got, you got guys skipping around, dancing right. around. Right, you know? right. I mean, right. That, I yeah. think I think that, it, and, and and you got to think it was you know there, during that time, yeah, there was a definite. Um, uh, a separation, right? You know, because yeah, just definitely. years before, just years around the same time, really. Yeah, yeah, gangster rap hit, gangster rap hit, and and now yeah. all of a sudden, folks, because this is eighty eight, so it's eighty eight. Straight Outta Compton hit on in eighty seven, right? right? So, yeah. so, so around, it's the same era, it's the same same era, yeah. and both and both types were they doing were coexisting well. at the same time. So ain't that crazy? So, so yeah, 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 but but it it was all hip hop, and I, I think right. I think New Jack Swing wasn't necessarily looked at in that time period right. as being hip hop. Right. I think it was like as being new R and B. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so and so it doesn't so yeah. so it, it doesn't get the respect from hip hop because I mean yeah. over there in R and B. It still looks like R and B, but it really like it is really it is New Jack Swing is is the baby of you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the baby of hip hop. Well that's it's I mean, one that's of the what, genres of hip hop. That's New what Jack they said, Swing. They said all the time is uh is uh, vocals over hip hop tracks? Yeah, that's all it is. Hip hop tracks. That's all it so is, Ted. If, yeah. So if the, if the tracks are if the tracks right. are hip hop, then yeah. the song, yeah, is what it is. Definitely. Right. And I love the um, you know, New Edition is one of my favorite groups in the world. Probably my my favorite group in the world. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, um, next to the Beatles. Um, but uh, I just love the way that if you listen to this whole, this is the first time that I heard an album that was like a complete concept album mm-hmm. because Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis basically took this group that was a bubblegum kid group, right? Right. A bubblegum kid group and he crossed them over to an adult market. You know, and it was the first time that that was kind of done successfully. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that done since what the Jackson 5 we hadn't yeah. hadn't seen that done. You know, the Osmonds weren't able to do it. Right. You know, right. a lot of a lot of those kid groups from that era they weren't able to do it, and New Edition were able to do that because of the genius of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So that's another thing that I appreciated. But um, getting into my life and how this song resonates with my life, Ted, uh, this when I heard this song, um, this is when I figured out that I wasn't no rapper. 
<laughs> and I figured out that man, I can sing a little bit. All right. And that's how I was gonna get the ladies. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, from this point about. on, this is this is kind of when I started my journey as far as being uh writing songs. Um which was kind of easy for me because I was already writing raps. So I started writing songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, got me a little beat machine. I started producing the beats on the beat machine. And uh, around 80, 89, 90, um, I, I moved to Louisville in 89 is when I moved to Louisville. Okay. Uh, my mom graduated from nursing school and she moved us here to Louisville. And my first year at Seneca High School, um, I met a guy and he was in a, um, he was in an R&B group. And he wanted me to, you know, he knew I wrote songs and I produced songs. He was like, man, why don't you come over here and, 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 and write some songs for us? And he tricked me into being in the group, man. Oh, and that's man. how my whole music career got started, man. Wow. Yeah, and I ended up, you know, doing that for like the next uh, 20 years, you know. Wow. It kind of, it changed my life. Wow. Yeah, so this song uh, is kind of what actually changed the whole course and direction uh, of my life, you know, mm. for the next 20 years and how I would be involved in the music industry from working with Heavy D to working at Def Jam to uh, doing the show Louisville with uh, Joe Kaplan LS. Um, wow. Just everything that I know about music. This is how I, oh, I can't leave out the Callaways. Uh, Reggie and Sino Callaway from Midnight Star. Right. They were actually the first people to sign me to my first professional recording contract. So, wow. Um, and this song, you know, all that that I'm speaking of came out of this song. Me being inspired by this song and want to be a part of that movement. That is amazing, Yeah, definitely. Man. Yeah, definitely. So, wow. Uh, love it. Man. Yeah, so New Jack New Jack Swing, man. New Jack Swing. You it, know? It, 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 it definitely opened a lot of people yeah, up. opened a lot of people up. And and got a lot of people into... Yeah. Into, really into music. And, yes. And, and really and really started that um, started that, that spark. Right. And started making the stuff profitable. Right. And started making people, yeah. you know, platinum. Yeah. Selling artists. Right. This is what I, I, I call the beginning of what I call the platinum era. Yeah, the platinum era. Yeah, and the platinum era is when artists start making a little bit of money. Start, yeah, and, and um, well, we uh, thought they know, was making a little bit of money. They, they thought they made <laughs> a little bit of money. Right, right. But but more more specifically, a platinum record became something. Right. Yeah, it meant something. It meant something. Yeah. And, and if so, you didn't go platinum, you kind of was looked at like you flopped. Like during right. this era, you had to go platinum because everybody yeah. was going platinum. Like, and you know, like, like like the good the good folks. Yeah, who getting a platinum? Records? Yeah, yeah. Everybody Man. was going platinum during this time. I'll be sure. Keep sweat. You know what I'm saying? The so, whole guy. You know. So what I'm saying? so your group. Your yeah. group. Were y'all more of a uh, of a dancing? Yeah, we danced. Group? We had routines. Um, we were very engulfed in hip hop. Um, we had a rapper in our you group. We were very much put it like this. We were we were new edition meets. Um, a tribe called Quest. Mm. That's how I put it. Cause we, our music was very, very much like we sang over like hip hop beats. So we were kind of like the male version of what uh, Mary J. Blige was doing. I got it. Cause we I wouldn't sing it. over anything that if it didn't sound hip hop, we wouldn't sing over. It. Wow. We were very hard edge. Very man. If I'd have known, I, I probably I would have brought a track up here that we did with um, Heavy <laughs> D that we did wow. with Hev. But uh, and speaking of Hev, I got a, a Heavy D story. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Michael Jackson story, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that correlates with um, New Jack Swing. So, I think I heard this story. So, so we go back to yeah. You may have heard it before because Heavy's told this story before. Yeah. Uh, but Heavy was in the studio uh, working with us on our on our album, and uh, we were asking him, well, how was the Michael Jackson experience? How how was it with you working with Michael, and how'd that happen? And he said, what happened was is that Michael actually called him up one day and was like, um, do you want to do you want to work on my album? And Heavy was like, 
you sure you want to work with me? Because you know I just did your sister Janet, right? And you know, back in them days, you didn't bite. You didn't do that. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Mike was like, yeah, I know you work with Janet. I know, you know, I, and that's why I like it. That's why I want to work with you. So Mike sent him a batch of songs, right? Sent him a whole batch of songs. And uh, Mike called him and was like, well, how do you feel about the songs? And Heaven was like, I can't get on that. And Mike was like, what? He's like, Heaven was like, I can't, I can't get on that. Uh, it's, it's whack. I can't be on nothing whack. Wow. <laughs> ah, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And, Mike, and you know, you would think that Mike being the legend he is, yes. being the guy he is, because, you know, this this is after the bad era. So yeah. Mike is at the plateau of his career. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and Hev's telling him, no, I can't be on that because that's whack. Wow. But being the person that Mike is and being humble like he is, Mike says to Heavy D, well, who do you suggest that I work with? Who do you think I should work with? And, and, and Heavy D said, you need to work with this young kid named Teddy Riley. Get out of here. That's who you need to work with. And that's Man. how Mike worked with Teddy Riley. So six months later, right, Mike calls Heavy back up. And he's like, um, are you ready to work with me now? And Heavy was like, um, yeah, as long as, you know, I want to hear the songs first. And I, you know, as long as it's bumping, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down to work. So he says uh, the next week, uh, Mike flied up, uh, flew him down to uh, Neverland Ranch. And uh, sitting in the studio was Teddy Riley, and they had the whole album done, yeah. already completed. Wow. And all he had to do was just lay down his vocals on jam. And that's how it all happened, bro. That's dope. That, heavy that's is dope the, to hear. Heavy is the reason why Teddy Riley was involved in that jam project. That, that yeah. What was the name of that album that Mike did? It was called Dangerous. It dangerous the Dangerous yeah. album. The and, dangerous and, album. And, and also, another point that I want to make as far as the Dangerous album the Dangerous album is the top-selling New Jack Swing album of all, all time. The top-selling album of New Jack Swing era of all time. You know what's amazing about that is uh, I know that's a true story, right? And I, I know I know one because you tell it. Yeah, yeah. But Andre Harrell, right, told a similar story, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't know the first part. Right, right, right. I didn't know the first yeah. part. The head was like, nah, nah, nah. Right. I ain't, yeah, I ain't messing with that. But, yeah, but. That's that's yeah, amazing. That's dope, ain't it? That's dope, ain't yeah, it? That's dope. <laughs> right, right. That is that's dope. dope. Yeah, that, that, and that just you no, know, but but that speaks to huh? to who Hev was at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Speaks to who who Ted was at the yeah. time. Yeah, and, and how speak, humble and Mike could be. Who Mike was? Yeah, at the time. exactly. And, and and how open that genre really right. was. Yeah, and how collaborative it was. Right. Because the more you collaborate in that type, of, right, right, that, and during that time, yeah, the more collaboration, right, the better, man. the that's, better. Now stay right there, real quick. Stay right there where you at. You heard what Hev was like. He told he told um, he told uh, Mike, I can't work with that because that's whack. Uh-huh. I can't work with that. Go get Ted. So we going twenty years into the future, right? Hev's in the studio working with us, and we're asking Hev, but he's telling us his story. So after he finished telling telling us the story, I look at Hev and I tell Hev, I say, Hev, we need some tracks from Teddy Riley. That's what we need. We need that crack. Now this is around ninety six, okay, uh-huh. ninety six, ninety seven. I said, we need that crack. We need that, Hev. You know what Hev he says to us? What? Teddy Riley in Whackland right now, yo. <laughs> <laughs> he in Whackland, B. He in Whackland, B. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, he's in whack. We can't work with you. And, and so your Teddy's whack now. You know what I'm saying? Man. Heavy's telling us Teddy's whack now. Man. So it's just it's just how things become full circle. Yeah, and, you know, man. just it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. So Wow. But, so that yeah. so that was so this song put you into your into it put your me, music. It put me into my um your it put music, me, professional music, right? My professional music. This is when I was like, I'm pursuing music. This mm-hmm. is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Wow. You know, so you know I um first contract I signed, like I said, it was with um, 
the Callaways, which were uh, Regicino Callaway, which uh, were part of uh, Midnight Star. Um, after that, um, we were we did a showcase at the Louisville Gardens, and uh, we uh, met a management team that worked for Cold Chillin' Records, and they signed us to a management contract. We moved to New York, and to make a long story short, the Heavy D found us, and uh, that was our introduction into the music industry and being a slave. <laughs> you know what I'm wow. saying? So um, and being a slave, being a slave, man, yeah, hmm. being a slave. Got many, many stories to tell about that, but yeah, that, that's that's how it was, though. You know, it was it was a great journey. I wouldn't take it back for anything. We ended up the only thing we didn't get was success. Hmm. So we signed the major deal. We lived the lifestyle. We style. We were around the celebrities. We were around. Uh, we did an album, but the only thing that we didn't get. Was success because we got shelled, mm. you know. So, but we didn't get that success and that fame. We didn't get the success. We didn't get the fame. We got a little bit of money, a little bit of money, but you know, we just we were shelled. So, firstly, we never came out. But I wouldn't change that experience for anything. So, so if you if you if you're listening here, you can hear uh, some music in the background. Here. Yay! So tell me about this. Tell me about this record here, man. This is the this is um. This is when I um, I became woke I became woke, man Like um, I started understanding media And understanding what um, White supremacy was doing To uh, poison a generation And poison our generation And poison our art form And uh, poison our culture Was this while you were in your group singer or was this after you know that what kind of I, I, I think I, I think when I reflect and look back when I was in my singing group and I was working at you know uh, signed to a major label and I worked for Def Jam and um, I was doing I, I didn't know I was still asleep I was still mm-hmm. a zombie I still didn't understand how powerful music was and I didn't understand what they were doing to our culture you know I, I didn't get it yet you know I, 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 I woke up in 2000 I woke up in like 2010 that's when I started noticing Wow. Some ain't right about wow. our culture. Some ain't right about our music. Some ain't right with our media platform. Something ain't quite right. Hmm. Something going on. And this is what sparked. This is what sparked well, your the, crusade, or but, no? Okay, well, the re- let's get to the reason why I, I picked this song. The reason why I picked this song was because um, ten years previous to this song, right? Um, I'm very much involved in music And my best friend uh, Richard Wilson Shout out to him He was beginning to introduce me To gospel hip hop Okay So people like The Righteous Riders um, People like um, T-Bone People like um, uh, Gospel Gangsters You know If you go back in the, To the early Early days Of gospel hip hop I hated it Ted I hated it Hated it I was like This is whack Corny. I don't care if it's Talking about God Or Christ It's whack Yeah I can't yeah. I can't do nothing with it It's yeah, early, whack early stuff was wrong. You know, cro- I like cross movement And like, I like the truth You know If you know anything about You know gospel hip hop And the, the roots of it uh, But I didn't like it I didn't like the whole genre I wasn't with it I was like I can't I ain't But my best friend he was just he loved it so um fast forward 10 years later Ted I hear this song on Sirius XM on uh Shady 45 yeah and I'm like 
Oh. Oh. Okay. Now this is around the same time where I'm, I'm waking up too, though. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't want to say I don't love hip hop, but I understand the hip hop is not what it was intended to be. It's not what it was supposed to it's be. It's not what it's supposed it. to be. It's and, being used. and it's being used to miseducate. And defile a generation on right. purpose. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking for like, what can I do to help? I'm hearing this song, and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> you gonna have to edit that. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got it. Mm. I got it. That's it. I can use this. Mm-hmm. And this is how the Turn Up Show with Teammate and Friends was born. Wow. Because I have something I can use now. Now I have I have a I have a I have a tool. Yeah, I have a tool, uh-huh. and this goes just as hard as the stuff as the stuff that's out. I have a weapon, you know what I'm saying? Because I can't fight. I can't. They they got the machine guns on the other side, right? So I can't I can't go with the can't, knife. Can't bring a knife to a gunfight. I can't bring fight. a knife to a gunfight. So this is my bazooka, though. Mm-hmm. This is my bazooka. And so then the tool so, goes because I gotta more. have something to fight with. Like if I tell the youth, don't listen to that. If I tell them don't listen, I gotta have an alternative That's that goes just as hard. Yeah, I got my sword, I got my bazooka. This is it. Mm-hmm. So once I heard this song, I just started researching Lecrae, Andy Minio, KB, and I'm finding all and not just gospel artists. I'm talking about positive artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we we going down to J Cole's and the Kendrick Lamar's. Mm-hmm. You know what? The Chance the Rappers. Mm-hmm. So I have my bazookas. I have my other side. And this is, you know, these are the artists that I'm, uh, that I'm indebted to because they're on the front line. We're soldiers on the front line trying to change this culture back to what we know it needs to be. Right. Now, we're never going to get rid of that element of negativity. It's always going to be there. But we just want balance. Ted, that's all we want. We want balance like it was in the 90s. Yeah, in the 90s, we had in the WA, Ted. We had, mm-hmm. and we loved the WA. Yeah. But we also had a public enemy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To kind of act that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a two shorts. We loved two shorts. But you know what we had? We had a heavy D to counteract the two shorts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can keep on giving you examples of the yin and the yang. Because there must be a yin and yang to everything. Right. There's a night, there's a day. There's a God, there's a devil. You know what I'm saying? When there's no yin and yang, man, we lost, and that's right now. When you look at when you look at hip hop, right, it's all dark. It's too much of the yin, and we ain't got no yang, so we lost. Our culture's lost. Our music's lost. And so that's the goal of the, of the teammate show, of the turn up show. Yeah, the, the goal of the turn up show with teammate and friends is to create that alternative on a national and worldwide level. To where it's, it's, it's appreciated just as much as the music that you hear in the mainstream that is poisoning our youth. We want the balance. So do you feel like it's, it's making that difference? Do you feel like it's happening? Uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like we are making a major impact and we are making a, a, a major, uh, a major uh, impact on what we're trying to do. The problem is, though, that I'm finding, man, is, is like... The gospel, and I'm just speaking for the gospel Christian hip hop artists. All right, mm-hmm. this is the problem. What we doing? They are so much like a cult when it comes to 
Getting their message out You know what I'm saying It's gonna take some convincing of, of them To realize that We gotta touch and impact everybody Even if you're not a Christian Got it You know what I'm saying We gotta get out of that dogmatic stigma Thinking that You know um, Everything has to be Christian 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 You know what I'm saying That's not the agenda That I'm pushing I'm pushing the agenda that If you're righteous If you're positive And you're out for the good Of all people mm-hmm. Let's help create To make this change Okay. And uh, like the artists that I play, like the Lecrae's, the Swoop, the Andy Minios, the KBs, they don't support me in my platform and what I do. Mm. You know, um, now the artists like Bootsy and all of them, you know, the the, the positive hip hop artists, they support me. Mm. They support what I'm doing because they see what I'm trying to do. But I just need everybody to be on board and be to understand that we're doing this for our, for our children and for the youth. You know, yeah. so that's so that's the. Uh, that's that's the elephant in the room right now. That's the elephant in the room. And right now, um, well, we get up, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. But yeah, but you know, just staying on on track with this song. This song is exactly uh, was a song that I heard. It was the beginning of what I could use to counteract all this negativity that's going on with our music, our culture, and our youth. And it plays a big part. Right. Because remember what I said earlier, music influences our youth more than anything in the world. Yeah. That means yeah. no movie, no drug, no clothing, no uh, spirituality, nothing. Music influences our kids and our youth more than anything. Wow. That's powerful, bro. That's real. And I've researched studies on this thing too. And you and you got some personal research. Yeah. Because it happened with you. Yeah, it happened with me. I mean Yeah, and, I'm a prime and, example. And you're a prime example. Yeah. And I think and I think that's that's one thing that we have to continue to make sure that we do is that we we'll use ourselves right. as Yeah. As, a, as our own research Yeah we do yeah. So you don't have to go And figure out Right You already know You already know You already know yeah. The effect that The negative music Has had on you mm-hmm. You can affect The positive business Has right. on you Right And you can And you can determine What What should be there And right. what shouldn't be there Yeah exactly And, yeah. and really like I said earlier Balance is key Balance is key And, 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 hope, and hopefully Those Christian artists That that don't support you Right Hopefully they get to a point Where they they decide that I don't have to Support it per se Right But I don't have to Fight it Right I can let it, I can let it be yeah. I, don't, I don't have to Down it or diss Right You know yeah. And, and some, sometimes Just letting it be Yeah is, is enough Yeah In, in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, Of course and, and, the, and the point is For my platform My point is this My point is that um, You know We can all coexist At the same time We can And everybody Every artist they Every artist They have something good to say Like I, I'll take an artist Like Bootsy right Now you can look at Bootsy And you can say he's negative His content is Is negative He's not You know It's good It's all that But uh, on Bootsy's new album He has a song called Black heaven. It's very positive. It's very uplifting. It's talking about the people of our generation who've inspired us, like Michael Jackson, like Ray Charles, like um, Ella Fitzgerald, like uh, Mahalia Jackson. And it's talking about how and Marvin Gaye, like they're all in heaven celebrating. You know what I'm saying? Having a good time. Everybody has something positive to say. Scarface, who led the charge of gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? Scarface, who led the, yeah. He has a song called uh, God. And it's a very enlightening song about spirituality and how we should approach God in today's time. So every yeah, artist has something positive to say, even if they, even if you view them as negative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think I think probably what you're saying and what you're saying is so true. 
part of the problem is that we don't always uh, do the work right that it takes to find the positive right in the artist yeah because those songs are in the on they're, they're in the album they're on the album you just yeah. gotta get past your your initial yeah uh, I don't fool with you right to right find it. yes and I mean because I, I say the same thing about you know. I have I feel about R. Kelly. Right. Uh but on every record he it yeah. was some gospel. There's some gospel on that. And, and so you yeah. know and so you know somewhere yeah. along the line he was there. He was there. He and, and, and he, he's still he, there. He, he's got a sense. You know he's got God in him. You know him. You can you can feel it in his music and his lyrics. So, yeah, so so you also so you talked about uh artists that are not necessarily um, a gospel artist, yeah, but are positive artists, positive hip hop artists. And you mentioned specifically Chance, Chance the Rapper, Chance the Rapper, yeah. And we got one of his songs here, right? Uh, How great, right? In your in your playlist, right? So let's talk about, let's my, talk about that's, this. That's, that's my last song, yeah. right? Um, How great I feel is the um, is the song that I feel like is going to change the perspective of hip-hop music and what it can do on a mainstream level uh it is also a song and a genre of there's a new genre that's that's popping up and it's called mainstream gospel um and it's it's, it's gonna be a little war too because the gospel gospel rap right and mainstream gospel are two totally different things according to many Christian artists. So what gospel rap is supposed to be uh, is what it is. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? In rap form. So it's used as ministry uh, to 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 get Christianity out there, right? right? That's what gospel rap in essence is supposed to be. Makes sense. Okay. Um, it's rap in God form and Christ form and it ministers to people to uh, to bring on Christians, you know okay. what I'm saying? It's a, it's a form of uh, what do we call it? I'm, I'm forgetting discipleship. Yeah, it's yeah. a form of discipleship. It was okay. Christian rap. That's the gospel rap. Be. That's gospel rap. Now, what mainstream gospel is that they're calling it is this new form of of rap where we're speaking about God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye West is doing it right now. Uh, Chance the Rapper is doing it right now. There's an artist named John Gibbs. He's doing it right now. So main, mainstream gospel is a form of hip-hop to where it's not necessarily there to discipleship Christians. It's just there to be... Entertaining? Uh, no, a platform for righteousness. Okay. So they cuss in their records. They cuss. Okay. They smoke weed in their records. Okay, okay. They um, they love they love the not saying the gospel rappers don't love the Muslim, uh, but everybody and everything is on an even playing field. And it's just all about love. It's about righteousness, and it's about not discipleship, but it's about um getting the message out to the world that love rules over all and it's positive and it's made it's and it's built for the mainstream so i would say that i would use i, I use both tools but i would say that what they're calling mainstream gospel uh to me is a more affecting um a more effective uh platform because even lecrae who is the biggest 
Christian rapper. He doesn't even want to be called a Christian rapper anymore. Lecrae doesn't because he feels that puts him in a box because a lot of young people would listen to his music if it didn't have the label Christian on it. You know what I'm saying? They would listen to it because it bangs. It's, it's cold. It's hard. So um, he just does not want to be in a box. He just wants you to listen to his music and then you decide what you want to decide. But he doesn't want to be in a box. So Lecrae is getting a lot of criticism uh, for his stance as far as I'm not a gospel rapper. I'm not uh, a Christian rapper. I'm just a rapper that happens to be Christian. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's 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 a lot going on with that with that um with, with that um with, with the genre of gospel rap versus mainstream gospel. It's amazing that, yeah. that, that it's going through that kind of transition. Yeah, it's going, but it's a good transition because it's going to bring a lot of attention to it. You know, a lot of people are actually saying that Kendrick Lamar is actually a Christian rapper disguised as a mainstream rapper. I mean, a lot of people are saying that, you know. Well, let's well, let's listen a little bit to how great we chance to rap and see, see what we think about. That. Yeah. It's a long song.
that God is better than the world's best thing. God is better than the best thing that the world has to offer. Magnify, magnify, lift it on high. Spit a Spotify to qualify a spot on his side. I cannot modify, ratify. My mama made me apple pies, lullabies, and alibis. The book don't end with Malachi. Devil will win employee of the month by the dozen to one scoring three years from the third when he doesn't. My village raised him a child, come through the crib and it's busting. You meet anyone from my city, they gon' say that we cousins. Shabak, Barack, edify. Electrify the enemy like Hedwig till he petrified. Any petty Peter Petter group could get the Pesticide, 79, 79. I don't believe in science, I believe in signs. Don't believe in signing, I seen dollar signs. Color white, color crime. Good God, the gift of freedom, Hosanna Santa. Invoked and woke up slaves from Southampton to Chatham Manor. My dream girls behind me feel like I'm James Early. The type of worship make Jesus come back a day early. With the faith of a pumpkin, see size mustard seed here. For I will speak noble things as interest in me. Only righteous, I might just shrug it. You hear that? That's what hip hop was created for. You feel that feeling? Yeah, I you feel, feel that. that? Yeah. You feel how he flowing? That's what hip hop was created for. We gotta get back to this. And we and we back to being musical. Right. We back to being musical. And and this deserves to be on the radio just as much as that that song. Well, I'm sorry. As much as that song um, by OG Genesis. You need to cut it. This song deserves to be on the radio just as much and just as relevant. And so that's what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting for our songs that are positive, that have meaning, that have content and mean something to have the same, the same. It's almost like what we was asking for back in the 60s, you know, the, the 50s and the 60s, right? You know, we want the same rights for these songs that are positive and uplifting. We want the same rights, you know. Stop, stop treating these positive songs like black people back in the 50s and stop treating these songs that poison our generation and our youth stop treating them like up class white citizens in forever you know what I'm saying that's been around forever that's what we asking for you know and um, we about to go to war and this is my clothes my clothes is that I love everybody I love my people but I love my music I love my generation and we are going to start controlling our media. Ted, like what you doing? I love what you're doing. I love this platform. You are controlling media. You're not asking for a job. You're not asking to be on the air. You're not asking, can I come in the house? You're not asking, can I be on the air? You're going and you're doing. You know, so you're a part of this whole thing that we're trying to do. You're a part of it because the days of us asking are gone. We have the technology now. We can do it on our own, you know. And we are about to go to war with these big corporations, these radio stations that won't listen to us. They're not going to listen to us, Ted. When we say, program director, please change the content on the radio. Please balance it out. They're not going to listen to us. We we already know that. So what we're going to do, we're going to go after their money. Mm. So all these corporations that advertise on these radio stations, right? All these big corporations that advertise on these radio stations, we're going to get... 1,000 parents That's what the movement is called It's called the 1,000 parent movement And we're going to get these parents to start going out here And getting in front of these big corporations And we're going to boycott them And we're going to start Messing with your money 
And so these radio stations get get the point that look, we want you to change the content on the radio. Mm-hmm. We want you to change what you're playing. We want a balance. Radio's for the people. We the people deserve power. Because right. because basically we we make the money for the radio stations because our ears are their money. That's how they get advertising dollars because of our ears, our listening ears. It's how they get advertising dollars. You know, we fuel the whole movement. But you're not serving the people. You're poisoning the people. And it's got to stop. So when you want to create change, you do you do like the Missouri team did about a year and a half ago. You start affecting their money. We ain't playing. That's right. We ain't playing. If we don't play, don't know don't know revenue come in. So that's what we doing, Ted. The 1,000 parent movement. We need every parent to be on board with this. We're doing this for your children because they matter now. We can't worry about the 20, 18-year-old. They already lost. Some of them. You know what I'm saying? Most of them are lost. But we, we worried about our gender. I, I, I just uh, I got a grandchild, six, uh, four-month-year-old grandchild. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm fighting for him. I'm fighting for him right. because I understand when he's growing up, just like me, music is going to be the most important part of his life. Mm-hmm. I want it to be balanced for him. I want him to have a chance to hear just as much positive that he's going to hear negative. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And we are, we have to take our art form back too. We fight for hip hop right now, Ted. We fighting go. to get our, our our music back, bro. Because these white supremacists they have it held captive, and they are pouring this. This jump into our generation, into our communities, into our neighborhoods, into our souls, into our spirit, and they're telling us what to think of ourselves, how to think of our women, how to think about my brother. You know what I'm saying? It's got to stop. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Yo, it's got to stop. Thousand parent movement. Thousand parent movement coming soon. We need parents to get on board. If you want to be on board of this, uh, contact me at the Turn Up Show five hundred two at gmail dot com. Uh, we are going to partner up with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, we're going to partner up with any organization that is on board for us cleaning up all of our media platforms and creating balance. Like I said, I'm writing the bill that's going to have uh, hopefully have more stiffer FCC uh, guidelines. Um, I'm meeting with some, some doctors who are going to come from a clinical uh, perspective because we're dealing with mental illness at this point. Like a lot of these young dudes that are killing people, they're doing it because mentally they they they, they are desensitized. It's, a, it's, it's public health. So um, it's, all, it's all good. Christmas 2X said I'm a, uh, I'm a hood doctor. So I'm taking that serious, bro. And I'm doing my part. Well, y'all, that's, that's my man. Yeah, man, T made. I love y'all, man. I love y'all. I love the world. Through, love you. Came through and gave us a preaching and a teaching. Right. Uh, rest in peace, Muhammad Ali. Rest in peace, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Preaching, teaching, challenge. Right. And uh, and and to support that thousand thousand parent movement. Yeah. And check out the turn. And then show. the last the, the last thing, show? if I if I can, I just want to say yeah. we you know Muhammad Ali's gone now. We got to take up the torch. Me and you, Ted. The rest of the world is listening. He's gone. We know what he fought for. He fought for love for all people. We got to take up the torch that he left. So let, let's love each other, y'all. Let's, yes. let's yeah. Come That's on. a challenge, y'all. Muhammad Ali Day too. We we need to get that going. Muhammad Ali National Day. Muhammad Ali Day. Yeah. Let's get it on. We need that. This is this is for radio. You just listen to my life on wax with Mr. Ted. My uh, my guest T May Turn Up Show one on four point seven. FM here in the Louisville market. Peace.